0: Hey, this is Jeremy with the Negotiating Life Podcast, and today we're gonna put the re back into reconnecting with our next two steps of real listening, the R, the E. So we've been talking about what are the ways that we can actually connect with people as it relates to listening, and I shared with you some of the, kind of the basic, the intro, which would be simple steps like Minimal encouragers, and really one of my favorites was open ended questions. And today I want to talk to you about two that one is actually a real challenge for me, and one of them is, in my opinion, the most impactful thing you can do if you're trying to connect with someone who is sharing, especially in a highly intense situation. So you come home from work, your spouse is angry, you hear some things, and This second one will help you with dealing with that. And I'm going to give you a story. I was on a call and a man had barricaded himself in the house and I used this second skill and I got it wrong. And the reason I'm telling you this now before we even get to the second skill is when I said what I said in response in utilizing the skill, I was actually wrong. And you know what it did? It built rapport. That's the power of the skills I'm going to give you today. At the end of the day, our goal is to connect with people. Our goal, whether you're negotiating through business, whether you're negotiating in your family or whether it's just life in general and relationships, connections, your goal is to connect with people, people who are connected. That's That is the goal of life is to connect with people. We are built for relationship. We are built. And the better you connect, the more success you'll have in whatever your endeavors are. Because anyone who says that they did this thing of life and got successful alone is a liar. They're the people who are the most successful in life are the people who learn to connect with others. And so I'm going to give you these next two, the R, the E, the re. So you can reconnect. Maybe you've made some mistakes before. This will help you reconnect. The first one, we call it reflecting or mirroring. So there's your R, reflecting, mirroring. And here's what that is. Um, I want you to understand it's not parroting. So parroting would be like just repeating back to somebody what they just said. That's not what we're talking about here. Reflecting is this skill that allows you, as the listener, to begin to understand what the person who is sharing with you thinks and believes, what they're feeling, their emotions, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, what they have done, what they've not done, what they want to do, their behaviors, what their wants are, what their needs are, what their values are. It's the things that they want you to understand. So, reflecting in its most basic term or mirroring in its most basics is repeating back to somebody the last few words they already said. Now, I just told you it's not parroting. So it's not repeating back to them the exact words, but it's repeating back their words in your words. In other words, it's kind of like this. Let's say that you heard someone, they're talking to you. Let's say your, your friend at work is talking to you. And they're like, I don't understand my boss. One minute he says one thing. The next minute he says the opposite. I don't understand my boss. He says this. And then the next thing he says, the opposite. You feel really confused by him would be the response. You respond, you feel really confused. Or you really don't understand his actions. You don't understand him you don't get what he's doing. You see, I'm reflecting back. I'm not saying anything other than showing that I think I understand. I want to understand more. Here's the beauty of reflecting, taking those last few words, and I'll give you some more examples, taking those last few words of what you've heard from somebody else, and then repeating them back in your own way, but not adding to them. It's not summarizing. It's not paraphrasing. It's truly a very short response and that's the key. It's a short response that encourages continued conversation and what it shares with them is I want to understand you. It lets the listener, it lets you as the listener allow the speaker to take you wherever they want to go. See how important that is? Because when I really connect with somebody, it's about connecting with them, not them being con- feeling like they have to connect with me. It's about me letting them guide the conversation. Where do they want it to go? And when you're initially building rapport in a situation, as you're listening to somebody, it's really important to let them lead you where they want to go. So many of us want to jump in. I mean, I think about with my kids when I was early on, I want to jump in and, and either solve, change, whatever I need to do. I want to just, oh, that's it. Boom, let's move on. We got it. Now let's move on. It's like, no, dad, that's not what I'm trying to say. That's not where I want to go with this conversation. I was taught at a, a pretty young parenting age that with my kids, one of the best things you can do is at night, all day long, you're working or you're telling them, okay, we need to do this. Okay, it's time for this. You need to do this. One of the greatest ways to enter a child's world is to set up a time every single night where you let them lead. So you come into their world. Instead of setting up their world, instead of telling them, directing them through your world, you step into their world. And I remember sitting down with my youngest, Connor, and I would, I would say, okay, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to play? What do you want to do? And I would literally let him guide me. He would tell me my character's name if we were playing with characters. He would tell me what where I was, was going to set up my castle if he was setting up a castle. That's what reflecting does. Reflecting gives the, the person who's sharing with you, the person you're listening to, it gives them the lead. It allows them to guide the conversation where they want it to go, and you'll learn more about them, which is our ultimate goal. Curiosity says, I want to learn more about them. And so... How else will that look? So here's a, here's some great things that you that you can hear from reflecting or from mirroring. You can you will be able to understand their emotions. You're frustrated. You're confused. Right? We just said that. You'll be able to understand some of the things that they um, are experiencing. So let's say you heard this, I am so sick and tired of being pushed around. You'll hear this as a negotiator a lot in in the real negotiations world, the hostage negotiation. I'm sick and tired of being pushed around. So that, that might be what the subject says on the other side of the call. I'm sick and tired of being pushed around. You feel pushed? Oh, you feel pushed. Even the way you say it. Can, your inflections really important. Oftentimes, I would encourage you when you're reflecting back to someone, be aware of the inflections in your voice that ending on that up note, you feel pushed? That can sound like a question and it can also sound sarcastic or it can sound understanding. You feel pushed. But that's reflecting. It's that simple. You hear a statement and you reflect back what you just heard. What you just heard. But with your own words, but just not adding too many. It's it's a skill that takes practice. It takes work. And if you were in a group with me, I would sit down and we would practice these things over and over and over again. And we would put you into scenarios so you could begin to work through how can I better listen? And remember, the goal of these skills is not to um, fake it. The goal of these skills is to authentically learn about the person. And when you are reflecting or mirroring back. And this actually happens. Mirroring actually happens even in your body posture. When you're, when you're sitting down with somebody and they're sitting, when you, when they fold their hands and you find yourself folding your hands, that's a sign of empathy. An empathetic listener is one who reflects back and who mirrors back even the body posture. When I first come into the room and if someone's got their head sulking and they're down, I'm not going to come into the room and go, hey, how's it going? And my, my hands are up and I'm big and I'm loud and I'm taking up lots of space. It's important for me to show that, oh, I get where you're at and, and to take up a little less space in their life right then. To maybe not be so domineering for someone who already feels looks like they're so sunken back. So reflecting and mirroring takes place in our body language, It takes place in how we reflect back those last few words that we heard. Those last few words, I'm going to give it to you one more time. That's a great example. I am sick and tired of being pushed around by my boss. You feel pushed. And that, that's it, and it just continues. I love reflecting. It takes practice. It takes work. It's a skill that has to be developed, but I love it. And then my favorite of all of them, of everything, I don't know why I'm teaching it now, but it's my favorite of everything. I think it has the most impact, and it's the E of the more pies. It's the E, and it's emotional labeling. Do you know how many people don't really know, even as they're in their moment, they don't really know what they're feeling, but they are just something. Something's going on, and it's coming out, whether it's quiet Whether it's loud, something's going on. One of the greatest things you can do to begin to build rapport and to show that you're listening and understanding from the words you're hearing or the body language that you're receiving, because communication isn't just what comes out of our mouth, we have to watch what people speak with their body, is to label the emotion you believe you're seeing. You never tell people how they're feeling. One of the worst mistakes I've ever made with my wife is that you are so mad right now. I am not mad. I know it was my bad. We've all done it, right? We've done it. It's not telling them what they're feeling. You're expressing what you're receiving and what you're hearing from them. So let me bring you back to the time I made a huge mistake that actually worked in my, finger, my, in my, in my favor. I was on the, on the phone. On the other line was a person who had barricaded themselves in a house didn't want to come out for really good reasons because they were going to lose their freedom. So they didn't want to come out. And this person was yelling at me and, and saying all kinds of things. And, and he said, I know if I come out, you're going to do this. And I heard that as fear. I heard it as fear. And so what I said to them, and here's how emotional labeling works. You state the observe you you state what you've observed. You state what you've observed in emotions, in feelings. Maybe that's maybe that's feeling angry, sad, judged, dominated. Hearing what you what you are what you're sensing, and and or excuse me, sharing what you're sensing. So I said, "You sound to me like you're really scared right now." And he responded, "I am not scared. I am mad." Oh, you're mad. Yeah, I'm mad. And you know, in that moment, my heart began to beat because I thought I had completely screwed up because he was even more mad that I called him scared. And he started to, no, I'm not scared. I'm mad. And he began to yell at me. And and I, I remember my my negotiations coach on the side going, That's good. And I went, No, it's not good. I just messed up. But from that moment when I responded with, oh, you're mad, remember? I just I just reflected. That's all I did. I just reflected, I, I mislabeled his emotion. And then when he said, I'm not scared, I'm mad, I reflected back to him what he said and he felt heard. And from that moment on, we began to build rapport. He began to tell me why he was angry that we had showed up and he would have just come out and turned himself in if we would have given him a chance. He, he, he began to tell me how he was angry about what was going to happen to his family he was angry about the person who had lied about him. He was angry about so many things. And I began to listen. Labeling the emotion opens the door for conversation. It is such a great way to begin. It's super effective. It's also, here's what I love about it. It's easy to back off on. That's what I love. So when I when I say to my wife, you sound angry. Not when I tell her she's angry, but when I say you sound angry and she goes, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm, why would you say I'm angry? I can back off. I can quickly back away and say, oh no, I didn't say you're angry. I said that I, it felt like you were angry. You seemed angry. And then it opens the door for more. It opens the door for more for me to go, what are you feeling? Open-ended question. What are you feeling? So it's easy to back away from. Here's what it's really important about emotional labeling, And I highly encourage you when you're in the middle of a conversation with someone, I do this with my children. I do this in my business. I do this in my marriage and with my relationships and my friends. Because again, I am super curious and emotions are what drive so many actions. Emotions drive so many of our actions because emotions come from our belief system. And when I can tap into a person's belief, that's when I can create change. And so emotions are the thing, right? You got belief that you have, then you have thoughts, then you have emotions that are driven by the belief and the thoughts, and then you have actions. So if I can tap into a person's emotions by just sharing what I'm observing and finding out if that's the emotion they're feeling, I can then tap into their thought process and most importantly, tap into their beliefs. And then I can begin to truly create change for them and transformation and get, and make progress. And isn't that our ultimate goal is connection and progress? So here's an important thing you need to know about emotional labeling. It's not judgmental. You don't get to judge the emotion. Feelings are universal. They're universal. So don't, we don't get to judge the experience. Why would you be mad at us? We're just doing our job, right? That's what I could say to the man who's angry about us coming to his house to to serve the warrant. It's, it's not about the experiences, it's about the emotion. We all have experienced anger. Therefore, I can empathize with anger because I'm not in his situation, but I have been angry before. So emotions allow us because feelings are universal. They allow us to connect. It's impossible to demonstrate understanding of feelings without having gone through some similar experience. And we've all gone through happy, sad, scared, angry. Think about that. I've never been arrested, but I have been angry. I have been scared. I have felt trapped. I have felt misunderstood. I have felt unheard. I have felt insignificant. And because I have, I can relate to anyone. That's a powerful thing about emotional labeling. And here's what's really important that you should know when you're when you're emotional. You can always ask a clarifying statement. You can always ask, "Well, what it sounds like is is that right? Is that how you feel?" The other thing that is really great about emotional labeling is even if you're wrong, like I was with that gentleman, even if you're wrong, the person on the other side will know you're trying. I am telling you, I have seen this happen with Hardened, hardened individuals, people who are jaded against my profession, people who would never want to talk to someone like me. I have seen what labeling the emotion does because it shows an effort to understand. So the next time you are in a conversation with somebody who either doesn't want to share a lot or who's really on the high end of the emotional roller coaster, try to label that emotion. We reflect back with those last couple words. And then when we have an opportunity, another skill we can use is to label that emotion or to even ask them to label it for you. Sometimes they won't know and that's okay. But ask them what's coming up in you right now. What, what are you feeling right now? Where do you feel it? One of, my, one of my children doesn't, doesn't always know how to express their emotions, so we've been encouraged and we've learned to ask, where are you feeling this right now? Oh, I kind of feel sick in my stomach. Oh, so you've got a pit in your stomach. What, what do you think is causing that? I'm just really anxious. Ah, they're feeling anxiety. And now we can continue to grow, and now we can connect emotional labeling is so important because remember your emotions come from your thoughts and your thoughts come from your beliefs. And when we can tap into beliefs, we can create change. And so I want to encourage you today to take this to the test. And I will tell you, reflecting mirroring, it takes practice. It takes true curiosity. It takes the ability to really be listening because you're not just parroting back what you heard. It takes the right moment so practice that. Tell somebody you want to practice that. and You want them to share about your day. Share something that's going on. And then as you listen, look for opportunities to share back, to reflect back something that you heard or you believe you heard. And then label the emotion. It sounds like that was really fun. You seem to be very excited about that. You sound angry about that. You sound sad about that. Label that emotion and see what happens in the conversation and then use the skills we've already given you to ask more open-ended questions, to learn more. Minimal encouragers. We talked about those too. Minimal encouragers. Use the skills you've been given and put this to the test and watch what happens around the dinner table tonight when you begin to truly listen. I can't wait to share with you tomorrow the next steps of true active listening for connection. We'll talk to you then. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and leave me a review. Tell your friends. Let's help some people negotiate their lives together.